Cherry Pop Horror. Hello, 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 and welcome to Cherry Pop Horror, the horror movie podcast where it's always someone's first time. I'm Jacob, and in this show we tackle all things horror, be they your classic slashes, gore fests, monster flicks, kids horror, animated, basically, if it's got enough horror themes to it, we'll give it a watch. If you've seen the movie before, just sit back and relax. If not, don't worry. We're going to be running through the plot, talking about what we liked, what we didn't like, and just generally having a good laugh. If you'd like to get in on the discussion, send us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. That's all one word. All right, here we go. Some motherfuckers are always trying to ice skate up here. What? Keep away from me. Stay where you are. Friend, please, stop. Dad? Stop talking. Keep away from me. Wait, 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 wait. Sink. I'm not in the mood. Just come on out. This is your emergency broadcast system announcing the commencement of the annual purge sanctioned by the U.S. government. I was right. All along, my whole life, I knew it. Even smiling makes my face ache. I'm not good at gardening, not even a little bit. I'm not going to even pretend that there was once a time I set something to grow and it didn't just crisp up and call it quits. That's not to say I don't love the idea, though. Fresh flowers lacing the footpath to my front door? Lovely. Fresh vegetables that don't cost an arm and a leg to make healthier and more sustainable meals? A dream. But as it is, the best I can manage is a bowl of cress sitting in my kitchen windowsill, vibrant and green until I've forgotten about it at which point it outgrows itself and ultimately perishes before I've used so much as a single tiny sprout. Hello, Ryan, and welcome back to Cherry Pop Horror. What's the best thing you've ever managed to grow? Like, what are you most proudest of? Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> honestly, I'm not the best at growing things. I, yeah, that's that's my partner's job. <laughs> um I mean, do weeds count? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, very, I'm very good at growing dandelions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, other than that, it's honestly, what can't you kill a cactus, really? <laughs> I've killed a cactus. I had a cactus once. It died. <laughs> How did you that? I don't know. Literally, like, I just gave it a bit of water every now and again, and it still keeled over and died. I think <sighs> my mum's just managed to start growing things. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, but before that, she was the same. I think I've got my mum's genes in this, that everything I touch just dies. <laughs> so, so weeds, we're going with weeds. We'll go with weeds. We go, you're very good at growing weeds. Yeah. Awesome. Not weeds. Weed masterclass. <laughs> and, and, yeah. Not that type of weed, just, yeah. Not not the marijuanas. <laughs> just, just general dandelions. General grass. Just, <laughs> just bits in the driveway gravel, you know. Uh, yeah, crest, uh, uh, that's all I can manage, Ryan. I can manage a bowl of crest that'll sit, sit in my windowsill. You're, you're going to have to teach me. I don't even know what that is. Crest, you know, yeah. water crest. It's, oh, okay. You know, like yeah, yeah. egg and crest sandwiches and stuff like that. You eat it with egg? Yeah. Maybe that's is that a British thing? I don't know that. I've never heard of this. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like do you do you just like pick like Yeah, it's like it's like it's like having salad except for it's like tiny because it's sunny crest. 
All right, so you just make an egg sandwich and then you just pull some leaves off the windowsill and stick it in the sandwich. Not leaves, full sprouts, because they're only tiny. Oh, okay. They're like tiny, itty-bitty little things, and you pull off like a whole lot of them and then sprinkle them over your sandwich, and it's like having salad in your sandwich. Why not just put salad in your sandwich? <laughs> salad is expensive, Ryan. <laughs> Have you been to the supermarkets? <laughs> We live in an unsustainable economy. <laughs> Too real. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome to our financial podcast. Uh, so talking about growing things, our movie this week was all about growing people from bean pods? Question mark? I, yeah, I mean, coffee beans? <laughs> sort of bean, I don't know what they are. Um, this week it was both mine and Ryan's first time watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers, 1978. They come from a dying world. They drift through the universe, pushed on by the solar winds. They adapt, and they survive. The function of all life is survival. Sleep. 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 From deep space. Sleep. The seed is planted. Sleep. Sleep. Terror grows. Sleep. Elizabeth, wake up! Get you when you sleep! Sit up! Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's got no detail, no character. It's unformed. All of a sudden, they're growing like parasites. Is it contagious? People are being duplicated. How do you know my name? I didn't tell you my name. I can't find anything in here that looks like a body. My side's nosebleed. It looked right at me. You're looking at it as if it was human. It was not human. Now, the classic fear begins to grow. We're being cornered. In a modern masterpiece of science fiction. They're barricading the street. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Get down! Starring Donald Sutherland, Brooke Adams, Leonard Nimoy. Invasion of the Body Snatchers. From deep space, the seed is planted. Terror grows. I'm curious to actually watch the originals now. Yes, um, I went with this one because it was the more sort of known one. Like, I never hear anyone talking about the 1950s one, but I... I, I knew one, I'd seen one uh, screenshot of this movie, and I had heard people talking about this movie before. Mm-hmm. The one screenshot was the yeah. pointing thing, which I think became a meme at some point. Isn't everything a meme these days? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're very right. <laughs> so I went, all right, let's do the 78 one, um, 78 one then. But yeah, going back to watch the 1950s one could be interesting. Mm. Is, is it in black and white? I feel yeah. like it is. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um, pretty sure it's black and white, and yeah, uh, just by the title, it sounds... I don't know, Invasion of the Body Snatchers sounds like an old 1950s movie, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we open on uh, an orange screen 
we zoom out to reveal craters were on some other planet. I was trying to figure out, like, is this Mars or is this, like, way, way other galaxy kind of... I, I assumed it was other galaxies, like, somewhere far off. In a galaxy far away. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, credits roll as alien jizz floats up into space and... <laughs> Crick literally star. literally what my notes say <laughs> alien jizz floats up into space and travels the solar system to earth i mean i won't deny it but yeah it's uh, not even subtle ryan <laughs> it's literally like little white globules floating off into space and i'm like okay we've got space jizz cool all right <laughs> where's this going uh, i've got note here this is good cast list because we got fucking leonard nimoy we've got mm-hmm. spock we've got donald sutherland awesome actor and jeff goldblum before he was famous. Yeah. This is very young. Very young. He's not even credited as like top stars in this movie or whatever. It's um, Donald Sutherland and Leonard Nimoy are like the headliners for this movie. Mm. So very interesting seeing um, Jeff Goldblum pre-famous. Yeah. But he looks no different. <laughs> no, he looks the same. I don't think he ages. <laughs> no. Or he does. But I mean, he, he looks slightly younger. But like... What it, now? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> in the film. But like... It, in terms of, like, the hairstyle, and it it never changed, like, at all, 50 years later. <laughs> Mannerisms, they're all the same. <laughs> yeah. Um, we, we literally get dum-dum-dum music as the, as the seed spores start um, floating down towards Earth. Um, we watch as we zoom into San Francisco, question mark? My geography's really yes. bad. Yes, Is it, it, San Francisco? it was San Francisco. Okay. Good. It's nice to have a movie that's not taking place in, like, L.A. or um, Washington. New-, New York or Washington, yeah. So, San Fran, still a big city, not as big as the others. So, yay! Um, it's raining. Uh, I put, my, 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 a lot of my notes here are just, like, thoughts that are happening as I was watching, and I just put, is this alien spunk in the rain, or is it the rain? Are we getting just bukkakied from the sky, or... <laughs> Your mind is in a totally different place than when you watch these. Like, Why? What were you thinking? Did you not assume that the alien alien just was in the rain? No, not for a second. No, but it's in the rain, Ryan. Um, we see her as a, we see as a clear gel. Um, that's sort of mixed in with the rain uh, is being carried off it's being washed down by streams it's landing on leaves and stuff like that while other bits um, yeah they they stick to trees and and bark and stuff like that they begin to sprout out and bud these sort of veiny gross looking tiny tiny pods they look like little coffee beans yeah yeah it's great the flower's pretty though Um, a woman picks one of these buds and smells it as another one with a glass uh, with a class full of kids goes to go pick flowers. She's just like, go on, go on, kids, go pick some flowers. We'll take them home. And oh my god, the priest on the swing set <laughs> made me audibly laugh. I was gonna ask about like what was the purpose of this? I don't know. <laughs> because surely, like, this is the arrival of the, the body snatchers, right? So nobody's actually been transformed. Yeah. So is this just the, a pedophile the, priest? Yeah, just... basically just a pedophile priest on a swing. He's literally just <laughs> he's swinging back and forth and he's just staring at the children, and I was just like what is this? <laughs> have they have they already taken people over or what? The film made it out to be like some big thing. Like, yeah. You, we even got a point of view shot of him swinging. Like, yeah, the camera just going back and forth. <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, this is going to be important. 
No. <laughs> Not at all. But I was just like, yeah, I was expecting this priest to be like our main character or something like that. I was like, oh, we got a priest. Lovely. But um, no. He's not important, and no. I don't think he ever turns up again in the movie. No. Maybe in a crowd shot somewhere. Don't know. <laughs> Question mark. Didn't see him. Um, yeah, a priest watches the students in the park. Uh, the woman who picked a bud heads to a house across the street, and as she enters, we meet Jeffrey. <laughs> yes. Jeffrey. Jeffrey. I was like, her son? Question mark? <laughs> <laughs> and then she, she goes over, sits on him, and gives him a kiss. I went, not son. <laughs> not son. <laughs> Might be son? Are we... <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 we're not in Alabama. Uh, I was like, is this um, <laughs> Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Is this The Hills Have Eyes? Um, um, he's basically attached to his TV. He's got headphones on. He's watching basketball or something. Yeah. Are these... Correct me if I'm wrong. Did we have wireless headphones back then? I don't know. I don't... Mm, did we? I don't, I don't remember seeing them connected to the TV at all. Oh, I, 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 I just like the thing that he was sitting there with earmuffs on. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I don't want to hear anything. <laughs> um, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. That's interesting. I have to... Yeah. I want to rewind I, now. I, I don't remember ever seeing a, a cable, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I'm pretty sure it did have like... Was it an antenna on it, maybe? Maybe. So, so maybe it did. Maybe it's like a radio, because it... Like, we'd use Bluetooth now, but yeah. Bluetooth wasn't a thing back then, so... I don't know, did you have... Oh, God. Did you have wireless stuff at all in the... No, everything had to be wired. Well, you, you did have radios, obviously, and, like, walkie-talkies and stuff Maybe like you that. could tune it to the TV and then just batteries in the headphones? Potentially. Maybe. Mm. Shows how much we know. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we were born in the 90s, so. <laughs> um, I love that he clicks to get her attention. Yeah. I was like, excuse me? He's <laughs> like, oh, woman. <laughs> um, they kiss. Uh, so, yep, yeah, okay, not son, just her. Um, <laughs> probably not son. Um, husband, boyfriend, partner, fiance, not really sure. Did they ever say in the movie? I don't think they ever did. No. I, oh, the, I don't think they're married. I, I, I think they're I, boyfriend. A boyfriend, girlfriend. I'm pretty sure they mentioned partner at some point or... Yeah. But they're not... I don't think they're married. I didn't, I didn't get that sense. They're not married or engaged. I think they're just partner. Mm. Um, he's more interested in the game. She starts telling him about the flower she found. I figured she must be some kind of botanist because the way she describes it, she's just like, oh, you know, it looks like the it, it, Latin name here. And, you know, these sort of flowers are deadly. Oh, yeah, um, dangerous weeds should be avoided in the garden. Such flowers may thrive in desolate ground, was what she said. Yeah. She called it, was it a grex or something like that? Something like that. It was, it was basically when two species pollinate and create a new species. Yes. That's what, what she originally thinks it is. Which is basically what this movie is. A- alien plus human equals third species. Basically. Yeah. Um, Jeffrey is obsessed with watching his sports instead, so she heads um, downstairs to read a book in peace. There's a knock at a door. We meet Matthew Barnell, played by the amazing Donald Sutherland. Yeah. <laughs> with, uh, most people will probably know him as President Snow from the Hunger Games movies. Oh, I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's him. 
He looks the same. He's got the same facial structure completely. Mm. It's just gray hair, ginger hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I love his hair. I don't know why. I was obsessed with his hair during this movie. I was just like, don't stop. I mean, you it's work. very luscious. <laughs> you, you work in that luscious ginger curly hair <laughs> and the little mustache. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love his little mustache. It's so good. It's a 70s porn mustache. <laughs> Uh, he's a health inspector he's inspecting a French restaurant Barnell makes his way around the kitchen he asks what's in a particular soup he pulls something out and this little argument between him and the like maitre d' is so fucking funny he's just like what's this and then it's a kipper (laughs) and he's just like I know it's a rat dropping kipper rat dropping kipper rat turd yes (laughs) he's like no it's a rat turd if it's a caper eat it <laughs> and the Matrix <Maitre> just freezes. <laughs> um, Barnell continues his investigation. Kitchen staff nod amongst themselves. Uh, Barnell goes out to his car. He's basically finished his inspection. Um, two kitchen staff watch as he enters his car and drives away. His windscreen has been smashed and there's just broken bottles of wine <laughs> across his front um, bonnet. <laughs> so he's not. Not liked. Not liked. As any health inspector would be in a kitchen. (laughs) They've got to do the job, though. (laughs) I don't want a world without health inspectors. Like, no, please. Me neither. (laughs) Please make sure they're not serving rat turd soup. Um, as he drives, uh, emergency cars go past. We see, I think it's just police cars, or there might have been a fire truck as well. Um, when he gets home, he calls Elizabeth. Um, I put, is this the botanist lady? Because it's kind of dark. Like, yeah. I couldn't really, um, deduce who he was talking to. I don't, have we even been given her name at this point? Yes. Have we? Yeah. Okay. Um, I think, um, Jeffrey calls her by her name. Okay. When she's in the house. Or, no, he, he calls her as, calls, tell, and calls her Elizabeth. Mm. And I was like, Elizabeth, okay. Is this botanist lady or is this someone else? Because I wasn't sure if there was a connection there or whether that connection was going to happen later or what was going on with that. Mm. Um, he tells them, he basically tells them what happened at the restaurant. They broke his car um, and he wants to start running tests on what he pulled from the soup, the rat turds, just to make sure it is rat turds. While he's cutting newspaper clippings as well. Yeah. He's like having a conversation on the phone and with his hands, he's cutting out news clippings and stuff like that. Um the title in the newspaper says spider webs fall from sky. Really? Yeah. I see that. I thought that was interesting. So that's what they assumed the alien jizz was. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Which is a thing. Um, Have you seen articles on this kind of stuff? I can't remember where it happens. No. Like certain areas when there's like massive floods and stuff like that, or like during certain mating seasons for certain species of spiders, they literally like their babies fly and they use their web as, like, parachutes. So you do get flying spiders, which sounds fucking awful. <laughs> I just got this image of, like, a mummy spider shooting out a baby spider, and then it's just parachuting down. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of like that. Um, she says she's not coming in early tomorrow, uh, but he manages to talk her around, so we know that they have sort of, like, a jovial relationship. There's... They have a nice relationship. I, I like the their, their friendship, which then... Yeah, well, I was trying to figure out if it was a friendship or if she was had something else going on at this point. I think it's just a friendship Yeah, at this point, anyway. Um, 
retractable phone cord, the height of technology. <laughs> I pick this up because she hangs up the phone. She's like, fine, I'll come in. And then she hangs up the cord, the phone and we get a close-up of the phone cord zipping back into the wall. And I was like, yeah, the height <laughs> of technology, 1978. Yeah. <laughs> and she goes upstairs, turns the lights out and joins Jeff- Jeffrey in bed. They snuggle together and um, took me a hot second to realize what was floating in the water glass next to the bed. I thought it was dentures for a minute. Yeah, I thought that as well. What was it? It's the bud. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I, I assumed... I feel like I saw... I feel like I saw dentures in a shot. Like, almost. I mean, I could be wrong, but like... I'm pretty... It wouldn't make sense, I guess. Yeah, I... It took me a second because I was like, what the fuck is that thing? And I had to pause and I was like looking at it and I was like... Oh, it's the flower. Oh, yeah. I thought it was dentures, and I was like, "Why does Why does Jeffrey have dentures? He's a bit bit young, isn't he?" Mm. Um, the bud in the glass changes color with the lights out. I thought that was very cool. I didn't notice that. It sort of glows. It's like a purpley blue. She turns out the lights, and they snuggle, and then we pan over to the flower, and it's just kind of sat there glowing. Mm. It's kind of cool. Um, we cut to the sound of Elizabeth's alarm, which did actually give me a fright. It was it was just so loud. It was like really calm and it was like <laughs> She gets up. Jeffrey is already awake. He's cleaning glass off the floor. He seems distant. <laughs> this is what my note says. <laughs> He's dressed fully in a suit. She follows him downstairs. She watches as he mindlessly takes out the trash. And the the sound of the clock ticking is really yeah. loud at this point, which I thought was very cool. But I don't know why it really alludes to I don't know maybe you know yeah your chance of survival ticking away the chance of life of humanity ticking away could be a reference to like um what's it called the the midnight clock oh yeah the doomsday clock doomsday clock in minutes to midnight yeah yeah uh, which was a thing in the 1950s still a thing today oh is it yeah they literally moved it a couple of minutes or a couple of seconds uh like a couple of weeks ago Oh, lovely. Yeah. <laughs> close, closer to Doomsday, everyone. I can't remember exactly what we're at, but I'm pretty sure it's within like 10 seconds <laughs> to midnight. Oh my god. Um, the clock chimes seven. We cut to a man running scared across the street as Elizabeth heads to the Department of Public Health. Did you pick up on the rubbish truck as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I have notes here saying, what the fuck is with this rubbish truck that just keeps popping up everywhere? <laughs> I assume that they were like some of the first people... Mm changed yeah because it because i've got questions like my, my notes here will start talking about like where do these bodies go what happens to people when they get switched and i was like why is it are they just ending up in the garbage how does that but he was just carrying like a little trash bin it's not like he was hauling out a body yeah and i was like but then and then by the end of the movie we do sort of get an idea of what happens Hmm. because if you notice when he when jeffrey's sweeping up the glass at the uh in the morning Mm. there is some dust there as well that he's sweeping up oh i didn't notice that Mm. ah interesting that becomes relevant later (laughs) (laughs) um elizabeth and matthew talk so this is yep uh she mentions how jeffrey is acting weird Matthew is determined to nail the French restaurant for health violations. He's sort of like, oh, he's probably just had like a stressful week or 
blah 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 it's you know it's probably fine it's nothing to worry about mm. but I'm gonna get that French restaurant the motherfuckers vendetta <laughs> <laughs> on the French yes <laughs> specifically this French restaurant that um, trashed his car <laughs> uh, the pair walk to go together he hands her a vial um <laughs> Can we take a second to talk about the man who was pressing himself against the glass watching them while they're having this conversation? I don't remember that. They, they're walking through the hallway. They're having this conversation about the French restaurant and she's talking about Jeffrey and everything like that. And one of the doors they passed, there's just like this slightly overweight guy pressed against the glass, like watching them walk past. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Can- can we rewind for a second and talk about that? Did he did he appear at any point later? Or? I don't know, because it's that frosted glass, so you can't really see right. inside. But yeah, there was a figure, some sort of larger gentleman pressed against that glass, watching them as they walked past. Literally eyeing them as they walked past. It's not like he was vacantly staring into the distance. He was watching them. Could have been another, uh, another duplicate? Maybe, yeah. Could have been another duplicate starting to infiltrate. Um... He tells her that what's in the vial is a rat turd, and he asks um, if she can help, but she... Uh, sorry, he asks if he can help her. Like, is there anything I can do to help uh, make you feel better about Jeffrey, about what's going on really with your relationship? And she just kind of brushes him off. She's like, no, 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 it's fine. It's fine. We'll get it sorted. Back at home, Elizabeth tries to talk to Jeffrey, but he makes excuses and leaves for a meeting. Yes. <laughs> In the middle of the night. In the middle of the night. Yes, not suspicious at all. Um, he says that he gave his tickets away for the for the basketball game or whatever that they, that they were meant to go to that night. So you definitely know something's wrong. The basketball game that he's been obsessed with. Yeah. Since the first time that we know. The only thing we know about Jeffrey is he likes basketball. Yeah, I don't know what he does for a living. I think he's a doctor. I think they mentioned later he's a no, doctor. No, he's a dentist. Oh, he's a dentist. Yes. Ah, Okay. But the... Which could, could, could come back to all the ditches. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, no, that makes sense now. But, yeah. Yeah, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah, he gave the tickets away. She tries to confront him and he just goes... Sorry, comfort him and he just goes rigid. I love this. He's, like, facing towards the camera and she comes up behind him and gives him a hug. And the look of disdain on his face <laughs> is so funny. He's like, don't touch me <laughs> um, yeah considering these 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 doppelgangers are supposed to be like emotionless mm. I found Jeffrey's like <laughs> stern distaste for her touch quite interesting um, Jeffrey is picked up by a car outside and yes. he and he leaves great what were you thinking at this sort of point as far as like what was going like did you did you watch the trailer for this before I, we I did watch it? the trailer yeah so I, I had an idea. I, I assumed that he had been duplicated right, at okay. this point. Because I couldn't think of any other reason. You see, I wasn't even sure if, it, if this movie was duplicates or whether it was like alien possession thing. You know, they get inside your body and then remote control you, that kind of thing. All right, yeah. 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 Well, I mean, I, I assumed it was either a duplicate thing or... I mean, that seemed the most plausible. But he could have also been having an affair or something like that. Mm. But... But the sudden change in all of his mannerisms. Is, yeah. Yeah, the fact that, like, he no longer cares about basketball. We, in the first scene we saw him, he was just in, like, sweatpants and, like, a jersey. Yeah, and now he's only wearing a suit. And now he only wears a suit. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. We see Matthew preparing his dinner. Elizabeth arrives. She tells him Jeffrey is not Jeffrey. 
is, is the words that she uses. Jeffrey is not Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. There's something wrong with him. Um, on the inside, something is missing. He's got no emotion, no feelings. The fact that she, she got this, like, less than a day after he'd been supposedly changed, right? Hmm. You could have just been having a bad day. Yeah, yeah sometimes. We all have bad days, and sometimes we just switch off in zombie mode. It's fine. <laughs> but she's just like, no. <laughs> Absolutely not. Jeffrey is not Jeffrey. Um, he finishes cooking dinner, and Matthew and Elizabeth go outside and have dinner together. Mm. Just as friends. They just seem to have a really nice, friendly relationship. He looks to be, like, a really good cook as well. Like, the, yeah. the way he was putting the food together and stuff like that, and, like, serving the wine and whatnot. Mm. And it, it was, like, um, stir-fry vegetables and stuff with, like, ginger and soy and stuff like that. It sounded really nice. Mm. Um, it's like, for, you know, it's a good thing that the health inspector knows how to cook food properly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's nice that he's not just going there to complain. <laughs> um, she said she tried to talk... Uh, sorry, Elizabeth says that she tried to talk to Jeffrey's sister... Um, but couldn't go through with it for some reason. I can't remember. Did you? I, don't I, think, I didn't pick up on that. No. No, I can't remember why she said she didn't. Or maybe it's because it's only been a day and that he's been acting weird. She said that she she was going to go talk to Matthew's sister, but didn't. Um, sorry, not Matthew's sister. Jeffrey's yeah. sister. Jeffrey's sister. Matthew suggests meeting with one of his friends who could clear up what the issue is. He's some sort of psychologist or psychiatrist or something like that and he's like maybe you can meet them talk to them maybe you could talk this through and then you'll feel better about it um she's like you think i'm crazy and he's like no 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 maybe (laughs) (laughs) no i don't think he does i think he he, he just knows that she's stressed yeah basically wants to help yeah and just talking to this psychologist character whoever he is might just be you know um calming Mm. Just put her mind at ease. Um, she's that's right. Uh, I love the list of reasons that um, Matthew gives for why Jeffrey could be acting weird. Uh, if he's had an affair, if he's become gay, if he if he has a social disease, become a Republican. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm just like what? <laughs> also, what is a social disease? <laughs> Because no disease implies it's transferable, right? <laughs> is being an introvert a disease? Yeah. Oh god! Oh god! I've caught introvert. <laughs> All I want to do is stay at home and deal with my own thoughts. Um, he said, "If she's not crazy, she can do the thing with her eyes." That was oh god! Yeah, I forgot about that. Because oh. they're joking about it. She's just like, "Oh, you think I'm crazy?" And he's like, "No, no. If you do the thing with your eyes, then I'll know you're you, and you're not crazy." And she just sits there. My note here literally says, oh, Jesus Christ, what is this? It's like her <laughs> eyes are having a seizure. <laughs> they just, it's so weird. It They vibrate. You know what would have happened? Like, she would have come to, like, the casting for the role and, like, been, like, you know, done done her acting or something and be like, oh, so I can do this. <laughs> and like, We're going to put that in the film some. <laughs> it's one of those things when you get your, like, acting CV and they're just like, other talents. You're like, oh, I can... I can do a forward roll. Um, I can do a one-handed cartwheel. Uh, I can make my eyes vibrate like they're going to fall out of my fucking head. Um, <laughs> and they're like, that one. We want that one. <laughs> it's It looks so weird, though. It does. I don't know why it's so off-putting. And I thought this would come up again. This is another thing that I thought would come up later. 
that she'd be like made a doppelganger or whatever like that and he'd, he'd ask the doppelganger to do the eye thing and it'll refuse or he can't do it properly and that'll be the clue mm. no it doesn't go no <laughs> it doesn't it, go it was just I think the director just was like I want it <laughs> you guys just be cute <laughs> just, just do the cuteness um, yeah, yeah, okay, they're very cute, but both of them seriously need to learn to chew with their mouth closed. <laughs> <laughs> the squelching, crunching noises while they're being very cute was so funny. It was like, ah, yes, sir. And I was like, oh my god, chew with your mouth shut. It's celery, it's loud. Please. My poor ears. Um, she, say, she says Jeffrey told her not to wait up. So we don't know what time Jeffrey's going to be come. Uh, what je- time Jeffrey's coming home? So they have another glass of wine. Yeah, he's like, "Would you like another glass of wine?" And I was like, "Ooh, okay. Ooh. Oh. staying the night, are we?" <laughs> Wink. Um, Matthew heads to the dry cleaners. He drops some things off, and one of the employees calls him over, asking if he's a doctor. And he's like, "No, I'm a health inspector. I'm a health inspector." <laughs> but the man says that he, the woman. At the counter, who Matthew had just spoken with, is not his wife. Something wrong with her. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Well, it's, it's like, he's like, that's not my wife. <laughs> yes. Something wrong with her. Yeah. You fix. <laughs> and the, I love the, the dodginess of the old lady behind the counter picks up all of Matthew's sheets or whatever they were and slowly slides into the back room. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. oh, aliens, you need to be better at being subtle, man. <laughs> Um, uh, he says she's he says she's not insane just different yeah this is the the man talking about his wife yeah saying you know my wife is not insane she's just different there's something wrong and Matthew watches as the wife uh, watches the wife as she heads out back yes doing a very very weird slinky sidewalk yes (laughs) crab walk definitely not suspicious (laughs) heading into the back room (laughs) and okay this is the second time we focused in on a garbage truck. Is this how they're disposing of the bodies? Question mark. Is there anything left of to dispose of? Question mark. Because mm. <laughs> yes, uh, this is the second time I'd noticed the garbage truck, and I was like, why? Why is this here? We do kind. We don't get a full explanation, but we can infer by the information we get given what happens. Yeah, I assumed that they were getting rid of the bodies that way. Yeah, but- I assumed so as well, but because. It threw me off because Jeffrey only took out, like, a tiny, tiny, not like a full bin. It was like one of those little trash bins you have next to your desk. Yeah. It was that sort of size. And I was like, you can't fit a full person in there. (laughs) What is this nonsense? Um, Yeah. Uh, Matthew, we continue following Matthew. He gives a coin to the banjo player. This is Harry. Harry and his dog. Harry and his dog. Harry the banjo player and his little dog. Which will come back later on to give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a little bit. <laughs> um, Matthew calls Elizabeth, but there's no response. I think he's calling Elizabeth. He's like back in his office and he's just making phone... We got a lot of phone calls in this movie. Mm. Um, I think he's calling Elizabeth, but there's no response. He's about to leave it, leave the building. It's clearly like the end of the day now. It's getting into the evening when he's jumped by Elizabeth at the elevator. So she was still yes. in the office. She's very upset. She falls into his arms crying. He hugs her. And the janitor watches creepily as he polishes the floor. Yes. This was... I actually really like this. What a cool shot as well. Because it's like a... It's a head-on shot down the corridor with the janitor at the very end standing in the middle 
just polishing the same spot watching them. Mm. Loved it. It was super creepy. Very cool. <laughs> I love this now because now we're starting to get the the doppelgangers popping up every now and again. Yeah. So if you just watch the background, there'll be someone just staring and it's very creepy. I really enjoyed it. It was great. In the car, she tells Matthew that she keeps seeing people in the street who are just recognizing each other. Is what she says. There'll be people who, you know, don't look like they belong together. Belong together, that sounds weird. But like, you know, you'd see like a, a biker gang member or something like that nodding to like an old 80-year-old grandma or something like that well, in they, a knowing way. Were they even nodding? Because this is the part where she follows Jeffrey around for the day, right? Not just yet. I think she's about to start... Yeah, he's. Uh, she, yeah, she's just about to start talking about that. Okay. Yeah. But she, at the moment, she's just in the car talking to Matthew about it. Um, you mean by the elevator? Yeah, yeah, by the elevator. Mm. Uh, no, in the car now. They've yeah, they they met at the elevator. They're in the car. He's driving a home or whatever. Okay. Yeah. Um, she says they're giving each other looks like they have some sort of secret. She said she tried to follow. She tried to go see Jeffrey in his office, but his office was locked. But outside the window, she saw him with a nurse, and then there was a full group of five or six people together. Yeah, passing things about each other. Yeah, and that like when they got together in a group, they didn't, as far as I could see, they didn't actually like talk or anything like that. They basically just stood in a group and then just walked away from each other, handed off like a briefcase or something like that. Yeah, but almost like, I don't know if they can talk telepathically or something like that. Yeah. But, like... It's kind of implied, that sort of... Or at least a knowing, like, you know know what your purpose is. Mm. So you you sort of look at each other, and that's how you know that you're on the same page. Yeah. You you give a knowing glance. Um, There were several of these meetings in various various parts of the city. Love the sci-fi heartbeat as well. As, as we're going around mm-hmm. she's she's following and you're seeing Jeffrey meet with all these different groups of people Matthew says um, they'll go see Kibna yes the psychiatrist that he'd previously mentioned to her he's he, Matthew just says he's a smart guy he'll just know what to do <laughs> um, she's lived all her life um, in San Francisco no San Francisco yes San Francisco okay. <laughs> I was like did I say the right right city <laughs> I thought you were like, has she lived her whole life there? And I was like, oh, (laughs) my notes. Um, Yeah, she's lived all her life there, but everything seemed different today. Like the whole city changed overnight. Yes. Is what she says. Um, He tries to tell her a joke, but is interrupted as a man throws himself against their car. Yes. He's screaming that they're coming. Um, He's trying to warn them of the danger. He's like, you know, it's starting. Get out. Run for your lives. You know, they're here. Which, is, again, just made me think of like the, the old 1950s movies. Well, there's an interesting... I was I was reading up a little bit after it, after watching the film. The guy who lands on their car is the actor, the main actor from the original 1950s film. Is it? Yeah. So he plays Matthew in the original one? Yeah. That's awesome. That's so good. I love that. Wow. So yeah, it's a little, that made me very odd. Yeah, I love it when movies do that. That's so cool. And it, it actually happens later on as well. 
there's another one, but I'll tell you when we get to it. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Point that out, because I love that shit. Um, so he, he's um, screaming about the danger. He then runs off as we hear a screech, a screech that we'll get to learn... Uh, we'll get to know very well a little bit yes. later. So, <laughs> I don't know how you describe it. It's a weird screech. It's almost like, yeah, it's like a screech, but also like sucking in air at the same time. Yeah, it kind of reminded me of like Philosoraptors or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and from like Jurassic Park. Um, as a mob of people follow after him. So you see him curve around the corner and then you just see this mob of what looks like a motley crew of random strangers chasing after him and one cop bike thing <laughs> at the end as well. <laughs> Love that. We hear a screech of tires. Um, yeah, the cop head rounds the corner uh, to where the accident has happened. Matthew and Elizabeth drive past to see the man's body strewn across the road. Mm. The man is dead. And there's just like a whole group of people standing around him, which isn't unusual, but you're like, are these the mob that was chasing him? They're, they're very... Well, the, yeah, the group standing around him is very emotionless as well. They're mm. not, like, you know, crying or, like... I don't know how... Like, like oh, my God! Yeah, they're, they're not reacting to the fact that somebody just died in front of their eyes. They're just standing there staring at the body. Yeah. Just like, hmm, that's a shame. Yeah. <laughs> pity. <laughs> yeah, pity. Uh, they meet Matthew's friend, Jack. Yes. As played by Jeff Goldblum before he was famous. This is like 10 years before he got big, I guess. Because mm. he, he became a pretty big name during the 80s, right? I'd assume so. And then his yeah. career just sort of followed after that. Yeah. So this is, yeah, he wasn't even a big enough name to make it to the, like, top billing. <laughs> oh! Jeff Goldblum not at top billing. This is insane. Mm. It was very exciting. I yeah, I I was a little bit confused about how he was related to uh, Matthew in the story, kind of thing. Like I didn't catch the part that they were like friends. He just for me, he just almost kind of showed up at this. Yes, and and I was like, who who is this character and why is he talking to them? A hundred percent agree. I don't think we ever find out how they know each other. Yeah, it's so weird. He's just like <laughs> he's he's just rambling at Matthew while he's trying to make his way through this like very crowded bookstore yeah he's like yelling about the book that Kibner's written or whatever like that um yeah they make their way through a very very crowded bookstore it's some sort of book release for Kibner's new book The Psychiatrist um Jack doesn't like Kibner's ideas he thinks Kibner is a hack who just churns out books whenever he feels like it yeah and I didn't catch any of the ramblings because I was just it was just Je- Jeff Goldblumming all over the place it was great <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the sort of twitchy the, nature yeah. of sometimes how he does his dialogue sometimes. Very, very, very much, you know, ag- aggressively going on about how the fact that he puts thought into every word while Kibner just churns out a book every six just, months. Yeah, basically, he's <laughs> just like, you know, he shits a book out every other week and I spend six months writing three lines. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, Matthew calls the police to follow up on the dead man who just died in the ac- who died in the accident earlier in the day. The police don't know anything about it. Yeah, there's no record there's no record of anything happening, despite there being an officer on scene. Um, Jack continues to trash Kibner's book in the background while Matthew's trying to have this fucking conversation. I don't know what he's saying. He's just like, look at this shit. And then he's just like rambling and rambling and rambling while he's just like, Matthew's got one one finger in his ear trying to talk to the police. <laughs> it's very, it's comical. It's so funny. Oh. Uh, Elizabeth is distracted by a woman calling out that he's a different man, is all, all, is all we hear at mm. that moment. Uh, the woman says the man is not her husband. 
this woman is then calmed down by a man who just sort of pulls her aside, has a has a calming word with her. This is Dr. Kip- Kipner. Kip- Kipner? Kipner. Kipner. As played by Leonard Nimoy. Yes. We got Spock. Spock the psychiatrist. <laughs> Spock the psychiatrist. Lovely. Kipner takes the hand of the wife and the husband and unites them like a couple's therapist. Yes. She's, he's just like, do you, do you love your husband? She's like, yes. Which, to be frank, like, this is the worst thing a psychiatrist could do. Like, the, the, the woman is freaked out about her husband. And then the psychiatrist sends her home with her husband. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and doing it, like, in a crowded group of people as well, where there's the social pressure. Yeah. I, I assumed he was trying to kind of show off and be like, look at me, I'm the best psychiatrist in the world. You know, I can fix problems in an instance. And all the crowd would be like, oh, good, 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 good. Yay! <laughs> Buy my new book now. <laughs> Terms and conditions apply. Um, and I must say, he's like the most cliche psychiatrist look you could ever have. Turtleneck. These turtleneck sweaters and blazers with elbow patches all the way. Yeah. 100%. (laughs) But my question is, was Kipner ever not a doppelganger? Because that was my thought. When he united the husband and the wife, it was just a ploy. Yeah, I I guess it's it's a question that's never... We don't really have a timeline. answer for it. I don't think he was a doppelganger at this point. You don't think so? Yes. Okay. Because of the way in this in the coming up scene, the next scene after they leave the bookstore, mm. he grabs someone on the street. It's uh, Jeff Goldblum. He grabs Jeff Goldblum and he yells at him. Oh, true. And mm. yes, the, it wasn't like an actual aggressive yelling. He was trying to make a you know a show of it. Yes. He was trying to prove a point. But still, would a doppelganger? have the capacity to do that yeah interesting interesting but then when you look at the like disdained look that um jeffrey gave the camera when elizabeth gave him a hug so they claim to be emotionless but maybe they're not 100 percent emotionless i mean at this point like i don't know if the if like the the doppelgangers seem almost low intelligence to me, at this point, like they are plants, right? They mm. they they don't really have an up a way to like scheme or plot, right? Like, okay, yeah. Whereas Kibner almost seems on another level of intelligence at this point, right? Okay, maybe he's the general. I don't know. <laughs> it seems that way. <laughs> yeah, it, actually, to be honest, when we later get, on, yeah, later yeah. on, it kind of feels like he's got some sort of authority over the the invaders. Yeah. But, but who knows? don't know. Don't we, know. No, yeah, it's never like we're shown a, a scene where Kipner gets turned or anything like that. So yeah. we don't really have a timeline for when he is. We just know at some point he is, mm. and at some point he may or may not be. Um, Elizabeth looks around at the people watching. The crying woman's husband takes her home. Uh-huh. She's clearly still very unsure of this. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, for God's sake, is no one going to do any? All oh, right, yeah. 70s. <laughs> Based on a 1950s movie. Yeah. Um, Matthew finishes his call. The police aren't interested in the accident, apparently. That's what he says. Yeah. Elizabeth manages to give her name and number to the crying woman before she leaves. Yeah. 
Because what does he say? She she knows what she's trying to say. Yes. Or something like that. Please call me. I work at the public health department or something yeah. like that. And then hands her, her a business card or her number or something like that. Mm. Yeah. Cool. I love how Elizabeth is, you know, proactive. Mm. She's she's working for it. Love it. Um, so the, the the police, are they already turned at this point then? If they're not even interested in the accident or was it... You know, the police receive prank calls all the time. and No, I, I got the feeling that they'd already been turned. Mm, trying to... It would make like, sense. Like, if you were going to invade a uh, invade a culture or whatever like that, you'd try and start at the top, right? Yeah. Like, you... Even if you are the police, right, and you do get prank calls, you still have to make a record of it. Mm. Right? Mm. The fact that there's no record at all, no trace... Means it's corrupted. Yeah. Yeah, at some level, maybe not completely, but at least at some level, yeah. either the dispatcher that um, Matthew was talking to or the police chief or something like that. Mm. But it would make sense, like, if you're going to invade, like, you'd want to take out, you know, the mayor, the police chief, the chief police and all that kind of stuff. You'd want to take out the authority figures. But are the plants smart enough to know human society, government and who to target? They seem to be. I don't know. Because they they definitely I mean, aim. They definitely went after public servants, the trash men. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. We need someone. We need to get rid of the body somehow. Hmm. Take the trash men. <laughs> yeah. um, Elizabeth tells Matthew that the woman's husband was one of the people Jeffrey met up with today. So during oh, one, yes. so one of um, Jeffrey's meetings. The crying woman's husband was one of the people he'd met with. Kibner joins them, saying that a lot of people are having this problem at the moment. A lot of people are having this sort of... He describes it as, like, uh, an, uh, a relationship barrier or something like that, where it's like, you know, there's disconnect between the, the modern modern relationship dynamic or whatever. Yeah. It's... it's yeah. He's, he's about some... Psychological mumbo jumbo. Basically, yeah, about marriage and, and divorce and yeah, talking about how the like family unit. That's right. He even says the family unit, and I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> 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 I'm not going to like you much, am I? <laughs> Kibner distracts. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, Jack. Uh, this is where we get the little fight with Jack. Yes. Um, oh no, not just yet. They, ha- they haven't left the bookstore just yet. Kibner distracts Jack because they're all leaving now. Um, and Kibner tells Jack that there's a very attractive woman who's interested in his work. Um, oh, just over there somewhere. In a red dress. <laughs> in a red dress. <laughs> so Jeff Goblin wanders... Sorry, I'm going to call them by their character names. Jack wanders off to go find this pretty woman who's apparently heard of his work yeah. while the rest of the group leaves. Which I assume does not even exist. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> so they're walking the street now, I think. Kibner tells them that there's been about a dozen cases of these people claiming that their partners are not their partners. Mm. He thinks it's a family value issue. Um, Jack then joins the group. Kibner sort of, yeah, throws throws him against a wall or something like that. Yeah. Yells at him. Yeah, grabs him by the, the collar, you know, and basically, yeah, rattles him and yells at him. And then, like, throws him away. Yeah. Um, and, he, yeah, just tells him to go away before returning to Elizabeth and trying to convince her that it's all a psychological issue. There is nothing wrong with these people. It's all in your head, woman. Yeah, it was... I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was... Very much to do with, like, I want to say, like, fight or flight instincts kind of thing. Like, mm. that was the whole point that he grabbed Jack and shook him kind of thing, was to make her 
I guess, scared in an instance kind of thing. Right. Oh, okay. I hadn't yeah. picked up on that. So it was to activate that part of her brain. The- yeah, to kind of show her that, you know, that it's, it's yeah, very much psychological mumbo-jumbo. I can't remember exactly, but there was a reason for it. It wasn't just he grabbed him out of being aggressive because he was annoyed at him. It was actually to, to prove a point. I did think it came a bit... Like, it was just out of nowhere. And I was like, well, okay, well, okay, what is this? Yeah. So that makes sense if he's just trying to rile, get her heart pumping yeah. in order to get a better psychological view on mm. on her thoughts or whatever. Uh, Matthew tells um, Jack that Kibner is helping her. Uh, Kibner tells her that she's just looking for a reason to leave the relationship. I said, okay, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. My note just said, "Okay, Oprah." <laughs> yeah, but they were happy. Like, mm. I we we do get the idea that maybe there's something between, um, something between Matthew and Elizabeth, but it never feels like she's unhappy with Jeffrey or wasn't happy with Jeffrey. Yeah, so it feels like that relationship only budded because Jeffrey got taken mm. which yeah um, he tells her to think about it before doing anything she agrees Matthew thanks Kibner for the help he says all he can do is sort of like do patchwork on the symptoms but they don't know what's causing the influx of relationship um, the, the relationship problem they don't know what's really causing it yeah um, Jack arrives at the mud baths. <laughs> yes. I, I was so confused at this. He just walks in, throw, throws um, Kibner's book, grabs a towel, and heads to the baths. Well, he, he talks the the uh, owner of the mud baths, who we later find out is his wife, Jack's wife. Yes, asks him about did you get to read your poetry? Yes, and I was like, he's a poet. <laughs> so. I don't know why he was going to Kibner's book release to read poetry. No. But, yeah. <laughs> I was... I, I don't know. And also, why is he so upset? Why is he so angry at Kibner? Is it just, like... I guess, even... I guess it's just envy, in a sense. Like, success versus... Oh, maybe. Yeah. But they're not even in the same field. If he's a poet, Kibner's a psychologist. If they were both psychologists and, you know... Jack thought that Kibner just sort of shat out a book every other week, then I would completely understand. But we get that line about poetry, and I'm like, then why are you so mad at the psychologist? Who knows? Maybe he had a psychologist as a kid, and it brings up bad memories. <laughs> he touched me in the bad places. Um, a larger man uh, is struggling to get out of the mud baths. Nancy who I put as the attendant because I didn't know what she was at this point, uh, helps him out and gets him into the shower, then gives him a massage, talking about how music is good for plants. Oh, because yeah, he keeps on asking her to turn the music off. Like, yeah, this is classical music. And he's like, Nancy, can you turn that shit off? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, it's good for the plants. Um, yeah, he, he wants it off. But she, she she just fully ignores him as well. She's like rubbing his feet. She's like, you know what I read? I read that classical music is great for plants, that it helps them grow. And if you talk to them, it's... <laughs> and you're like, okay, Nancy. <laughs> um, Jack goes for a steam. I've never seen this before. It's like it's like a sauna room that you stick your head out of. Really? 
I've never seen that before. No, no, no. I don't remember him sticking his head out. Yeah, it's got like that split door thing. And there's like a little, um, what's it called? Like a little dip thing that you put your head in. Because he puts his, he lays his towel over it, rests his chin on it, and just steams with his head out. Oh. I just assumed it was a sauna room. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a normal thing, but I like it. I'm like, yeah, because saunas get fucking hot. <laughs> and like, if you've got your head in there as well, you start to get lightheaded and shit. Um, yeah, Jack goes for a steam. Um, Nancy has a run-in with a very creepy patron. Yeah. I don't know who this guy is. And again, he doesn't turn up again. Well, he's, yeah. He's like, this, he's got a very long beard and he's... Yeah, uh, like a grey and white beard. And he reads like Russian literature or something like that because they talk about it for a second. Yes, yeah. And we see him when, when Jack first enters the mud baths because he's in one of the mud baths reading. Mm. And then he's which, just creeping. Which, by the way, way to ruin a book. Yeah. <laughs> Sit in a mud bath with it, it. Like the amount of like mud that was on the bottom, like lining the bottom of the book kind of thing. I was like, <laughs> I really hope this not a library issue. <laughs> Once that dries, you're not going to be able to split the pages. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this guy's just, like, creepily sat on one of the massage beds as she walks past, and then she has to, like, usher him out. Mm. Weird. But did you hear the line that she says as she's walking him out? Ooh, go on then, what was it? She thanks him for the plant that he gave her. Oh! Oh! Oh, I missed that. I do remember, uh, yeah, I remember him, or... Oh. Her mumbling something, but I didn't quite catch what it was. So he's a... He was the doppelganger. He was a doppelganger. And he brought in the plant. Into the into, into the bathhouse. Yes. Ah, okay. Oh, no, I do have it here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just forgot about it. Yeah, uh, ushers out a creepy page. Um, Running with creepy patron, she ushers him out. They mention that he gave her a plant. They close the door and a strange wheezing fills the room. It's this really weird noise. It's like this, um, sounds like breathing, but not quite. Mm-hmm. And we hear it much, much later as well. And it it's the thing being birthed. Oh, I didn't pick up on that. It's the sort of, yeah, sort of wheezing slash crying slash moaning sound that mm-hmm. we get later when, when Matthew gets attacked. It's that sound, but in the baths. Right, yeah. Matthew and Elizabeth arrive at her house. They head inside. Jeffrey has bought her a flower. Ooh. Aka one of the alien pods. Yeah. Um, It's just nestled in like a bunch of flowers. Yeah. So he's trying to hide it. But it's also a little bit like the fact that she had already, she was the first person to find one of these flowers. Mm. And then there's another one in the flowers that Jeffrey gives her. Mm. Shouldn't she have noticed it? She does. Does she? Yeah, she points it out. She says, like, oh, this is... It's got one of those flowers. Oh, okay. Yeah. She does point it out. She just doesn't think anything's weird about it. Even though the first time that she brought it in, she was like, this is a dangerous plant because it's growing so rapidly. Something like that, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, they call out to Jeffrey, but he's supposedly not not home. They say goodnight, night. And we see Jeffrey is listening from the kitchen. He's yes. just being a creeper. Yeah. Nancy go. Uh, Nancy comes back to check on Jack. She goes into one of the curtained off areas and pulls the sheet off who, what she thinks is Jack, but it's a veiny corpse. Or what looks like a corpse. 
uh, yeah, a corpse covered in white stringy stringy stuff. Yeah, it looks like spiderweb. I'm not going to say jizz because it's yeah, not jizz. It, it, it doesn't have that look. Um, it doesn't have that glisten. <laughs> <laughs> it, it ain't got that shine. No, definitely more spiderweb. Yeah, than, it's, than it looks hairy, like yeah. um, very very fine spiderweb. Yeah. And it's very veiny. It took me a second. <laughs> I didn't notice who it was. I thought it was the... the. I thought it was the old guy that she was giving a massage Thank to. you. That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought it was the, the, the larger gentleman she'd helped out of the mud bath. Um, but she, she thought it was Jack. She looks at the body covered in web being sucked dry? Question mark? Because I thought this was the person, not mm. a doppelganger. Yeah. So I thought it looked so veiny because it was being like drunk. Ah, oh, right. Yeah. That was my assumption. Yeah. I'm wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I don't know that yet. So um, she runs, bumps into Jack, who sees the body. Mm. So the fact that he's awake, maybe it was meant to have been copying the older guy. And then it switches to Jack when he falls asleep. Maybe. Potentially. I mean, it only ever seems to duplicate people when they're sleeping. Mm. But prior to this, Jack does say that he's going for a nap, right? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he has a, like, nap while he's in the sauna. Yeah. He, like, hangs his head out and has a power nap. I, from my interpretation, thinking about this afterwards, I didn't think about this while watching it, but afterwards... Mm. Being the fact that they only duplicate while the person is sleeping. Right. The fact that it looks almost, I guess, half-formed or not a full person yet is because Jack got woken up. But when? Did, how did he get woken up? Didn't Nancy wake him up? Oh, maybe. Possibly, yeah. Which then would have stopped the duplication process. Because it couldn't complete. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. At least that's how I kind of, yeah, interpreted it, but... Hmm. Um, Elizabeth takes the flower upstairs. Um, We cut back to Jack and Nancy. There's a knock at the door. Matthew enters. They've Mm -hmm. called Matthew. Um, Jack called him because they think it might be some sort of disease or it might be infectious or something like that. So, fair call. It's not an unreasonable thing to do, I don't think. No, when you find a when you find a body inside your sauna, you call your best especially friend. When it, <laughs> especially when it looks weird, yeah. like it's all veiny and covered in strange substances, you call the health inspector because you want to know, you know, is it infectious? Does it need to be quarantined? Like, but a restaurant health inspector? <laughs> Maybe he does other departments. He's not like Maybe the CD. He's not CDC, but. <laughs> Um, they go to check on the body Matthew thinks it's a joke at first Um, he and Matthew inspects the body Jack and Nancy oh yeah we learn that Jack and Nancy run this place together this is where we find out that A they're a a couple couple and that they both own the bathhouse yeah which explains the confusion why I was like why is Jack just wandering into a bathhouse how does he know the attendant this is weird (laughs) um they talk about how it looks like a person, but incomplete. There's no, like, fine details. There's no fingerprints. And one of them says it's kind of like a fetus. Yeah. But man-sized. Man-sized fetus. <laughs> it's a man-fetus. Um, Nancy mentions how she thought it was Jack until she pulled the covers away. 
Matthew asks Jack how much he weighs and how tall he is. Mm. And I thought, ooh. So I was like, wait, is this body Jack? Or is it becoming Jack? I assume the aliens absorbed its host. <laughs> like, I was, yeah, I was trying to yeah. figure out how alien work at this point. Because mm. I was like, okay, do they duplicate and replace? Do they absorb and replace? Or do they, like, possess? Yeah. How do alien work? <laughs> How do alien work? <laughs> Matthew, How do alien do? <laughs> yeah. How do alien do thing? <laughs> Matthew calls Elizabeth because I assume because he know he recognizes that it's meant to be Jack or it's meant to become Jack or whatever. Mm. He immediately calls Elizabeth because this is probably what's happened to Jack. Yeah. He's connecting those dots pretty damn quick and I'm happy about it. There's no lollygagging. Um, she picks up the phone, but is weak. There's sort of a weird crust over her face. We're getting that. Mm. It, is it the spider webby stuff, or I is it something else? I it, would assume so. Something like that. Uh, well, is it, though? Because that happens over the bodies. Mm. Although, no, actually, later on we do something, see something similar. So, yeah, I, I would say it is... Is that weird It's kind hair of... stuff. Yeah. Okay. Um, Jeffrey picks up the phone from her listens for a couple of seconds and then hangs it up. Matthew heads out to check on Elizabeth. Jack mentions how tired he is and how dehydrated he feels as well. Um, I assume the dehydrated is just because he fell asleep in the sauna. Maybe. Or is that connected to the aliens as well? I don't know. It's I guess it's never really explained. Mm. But like the... We know, or well, it gets shown later on. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, we're trying to figure out, and obviously we get shown later. But yeah, the a the pods do connect to the original person when they're trying to duplicate. Yes, they have to. I assume to collect the consciousness or the memories or memories, DNA, data, that sort of stuff. I assume. So I don't know if it's if it is some kind of draining of like energy. I guess maybe it would make sense, and the tired thing would also make sense. Mm. Like he's yeah. Um, mm. Nancy says that he needs to stay awake though. Um, uh, yeah, my note here says maybe it needs him asleep to finish what it was doing. Yeah. Which is 100% correct. Jack lies down. Um, he's got the same crust around his lips that Nancy had on her face. Oh, okay. I didn't see that. Um, yeah. I don't know if it... It, it might have just been because he was dehydrated. But it kind of looks the same color as the sort of webbing that she started to get across her face. Mm-hmm. Um, Nancy checks on the alien body. It definitely looks like Jack now. Yeah because we sort of zoom into the face and it definitely looks like Jeff Goldblum. It opens its eyes. She man- she, she, she flees. And um, um, to make sure... Hmm. Oh, yeah. She, she goes to find Jack and the double falls asleep. Yeah. Because she wakes Jack up and the double falls asleep. Yes. Because Jack Cause said... Jack fell asleep again. Yeah, Jack said he was just going to lie down and collect his thoughts or something like that. Yeah. And actually fell asleep. Nancy went to check on the uh, the doppelganger and it woke up. Mm. So she ran back to Jack, woke him up, and that put the doppelganger back to sleep. So yes, yes. can only have one at a time. Currently, yes. Currently, yes. Well, at all... Well, yeah, at all times, yeah. Yeah, at all times. There can only be one. Yeah. You either have the human or the doppelganger. And if you've got the doppelganger, there's no more human. Yes. <laughs> um, 
the they go and check on the body and the double's nose starts to bleed mm-hmm. which is the same injury that Jack has he had a bloody nose yeah how did he get the bloody nose I don't remember um no I don't remember is it when is it when Spock sorry not Spock is it when um Kibner threw him up against the wall or no, something that like was, that that was ages ago bloody nose wouldn't last that long I don't know then I don't know how he got this bloody nose hmm. the mystery continues <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I can't no. remember. No, I have no idea. Um, yeah, it's the same as Jack's injury. As he approaches, webs start to reach from the doppelganger to to Jack. He pulls away and they run, running into Kibna at the door. Yes. Who? Who at this point, I think is a is, doppel- is a doppelganger. Ah, because he is very emotionless. Right, standing there at the door. And they're, they're screaming, running down the hallway, and then they stop, and he's just standing there. Like, and, and also, who called him? Why is he there? Oh, I, no, I think Matthew called him. Oh no, yes, he does mention yeah. later that. Yeah, okay, no, yeah, that does make sense. But um, yes, yeah, so we we got the strange white hairs connecting to um, connecting to Jack, or trying to connect to Jack. Mm. So we know that there's got to be some sort of connection, and he's got to be asleep. Yeah, basically. Uh, Matthew arrives at Elizabeth at Elizabeth's he checks through the window to see Jeffrey who sat there watching TV with headphones on mm-hmm. he goes around the side of the house and enters through the back door Jeffrey doesn't hear because he has the headphones on like he has to smash a window to get into the house yes but um, yeah Jeffrey doesn't notice it's like they're, 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 the doppelgangers are doing what the people would have done just not a very good job of it just emotionlessly yeah like he's still watching TV, but only because that's what Jeffrey would have done. Yeah, it's weird. They're, they're trying to they're trying to hide the fact that they're a doppelganger, right? Mm. Yeah. So they're trying to simulate what their host would have done. Yes. But there's just stuff that's off. Yeah, yeah. He's watching the game in his pristine suit. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just emotionlessly. And earlier we saw like. When Jeffrey watched sports, he was, like, yelling at the TV or, you know, go team, go, or whatever. Um, Matthew heads upstairs, sees Jeffrey, but continues to the top floor. He finds Elizabeth's double in what looks like a greenhouse. Yeah. Do they have a greenhouse in their bedroom? She she is the plant expert. I assume she has something. But, yeah, it is. (laughs) They should have set this up earlier. Like, maybe in, like, the first shot of their bedroom. Just pan a little to the right so we can see the greenhouse because it came as a shock. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's a full-on jungle just in the corner of the bedroom. And I was like, what? <laughs> but there's a there's a naked Elizabeth in the middle of this little jungle thing. Mm-hmm. Right next to Elizabeth, who's actually asleep in the bed. Yes. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's about to pick her up when Jeffrey enters. Matthew hides in the wardrobe. Jeffrey checks on sleeping Elizabeth. Basically, just make sure that she's out uh, before leaving. Matthew picks her up mm. and makes his escape. We see Jeffrey heading back upstairs as he's leaving. So he makes it all the way downstairs, manages to get out where he broke in, which is like the back door in the basement or something like that. Yeah. It's like down one flight from where Jeffrey was watching TV. I, I assume it was the back door in the kitchen. Mm. But yeah. Um, Matthew puts her in his car and drives off as the sound of screeching fills the air so you know that Jeffrey's found the fact that she's gone the, the fact that she's gone and we get that 
<laughs> noise again, which is yeah. awesome. I really like that sound effect. It's so cool and very unsettling. Yes. <laughs> we cut now to Kibna, who tells Jack and Nancy that he couldn't find a body in there. Yeah. He's like, what body? You said there was a there was a strange body in here. I don't see no body. And I was like, hmm, hmm, sus. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm connecting the dots now. Because I my question was always, how did the body disappear in the yes. house kind of thing? Because it wasn't fully finished. So the no. doppelganger couldn't, and doppelganger couldn't have escaped itself. No. But if Kipner's turned at this point. But if, yeah, it makes sense. I think you're right that he's, at least at this point, Kipner is not Kipner anymore. Yeah. If he was at all. And he disposed of the body. And he the took body. the opportunity with Nancy and Jack scared in the reception area to check on the body that they're talking about and actually getting rid of it. Yes. Which makes sense. Connect the dots. Connected the dots. Uh, Kibner thinks that this is uh, just a joke being played on played on them by one of Jack's friends. <laughs> I love Jack's line here. I don't have any friends, Dr. Kibner. <laughs> 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 I was like, awesome. Um, uh, yes, Nancy finds an open window, and outside is another garbage truck. Yeah. Third time seeing the garbage time. trucks. So, what the same one. So, so is it, it's always the red one. <laughs> so, did Kibna walk into this back room, grab Jack's doppelganger, and yeet it out the window to the garbage man? And it's just like, what body? That's nobody. <laughs> Everything, everything's fine. <laughs> that's assume. That's what I'm assuming happened. Yeah, that's that's my educated guess. Yeah, just how the garbage men managed to be in every place at the correct time. Astounding. Just Why can't the garbage men be like this? <laughs> my bin's full. Oh, look, the garbage men are here. Lovely. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah, it's very cool. I really enjoy the not the ambiguity of this movie, just the like. The way you get to piece it together for yeah. yourself, it's so much fun. Mm. It's not just like in your face going, here's what it is, here's what it is, here's what it is. <laughs> it's just like, oh, maybe this means this. Oh. Modern day films. Yeah. <laughs> modern day films, it's one or the other. It's either absolutely zero explanation or smacking you in the face with it. Yeah. I like this 1978 movie that does the middle ground where it insinuates and then you get to put the pieces together for yourself. Mm. And like, like we said, we have no idea when Kipner was changed. If Kipner was ever human, or whether he was from the minute we meet him, uh, uh, a doppelganger. A doppelganger. Yeah, we don't know. And I love that. Mm. That's great. We get to infer and discuss. Yes. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Nancy finds the open window with the garbage truck. Elizabeth uh, wakes up in the car. They arrive at the bathhouse. Matthew calls the police. Nancy takes Elizabeth to Matthew's apartment to keep her safe. Police arrive to inspect the body double of Elizabeth at Elizabeth's house. Mm -hmm. They head upstairs and there's nobody. It's gone. The body's gone. (laughs) But there's no garbage truck this time. And I was like, a bit sad. Where's my garbage truck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because they must have made it from the bathhouse to straight. They must have gunned it to Elizabeth's house so Jeffrey could yeet that body out the window. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Before the cops turned up. Although we already know that the cops aren't... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the cops aren't... Um, at least some of them, if not all of them, have been turned. So 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think all of them are turned at this point because one of them has a conversation with the, Jeffrey, the like inspector guy. Yeah, and he's like, "If I were you, I would like look at pressing charges." Kind of thing. That's true. He and, does, and that's not. But something. the two officers with him have a, like a knowing look with Jeffrey. Yeah, yeah. Mm. but yeah, like that's not something a doppelganger would say to another doppelganger. No. Interesting. Yes, um, Jeffrey is now dressed in just a robe. So he's trying to look casual. With a glass of water or some kind of alcohol. Yeah, like something. Um, Jeffrey has apparently reported Elizabeth as missing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this is right. So are they using the garbage trucks to get rid of any evidence? And I was like, yes, I think we've, we've come yeah. to that conclusion now. The, the garbage trucks are definitely in on it. Yes. <laughs> Matthew tries to explain the body double thing to the police. Um, Kibner butts in and convinces the officer to leave it with him. He's talking with the inspector. Yes. Kibner's just like, no, no, leave it with me. I'll have a talk with them. I'll get all of this sorted out. It'll be absolutely fine. Jeffrey asks Matthew if Elizabeth is coming home. And Matthew says, no. And I need some of her clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. It's so good. (laughs) But yeah, this is where we get that moment with the... um, with the police inspector. Yes. Who tells Jeffrey, you know, if I was you, I'd press charges. And Jeffrey's like, I don't think I will. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm just going to let the man who kidnapped my uh, my partner, you know, just take some clothes and, you know, keep her overnight. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Jeffrey and a couple of the officers, um, not the inspector, though, uh, look shadily at each other. Mm. And the scene ends. Well, I assume he doesn't want to press charges because, A, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And B, he now knows where Elizabeth is anyway. Yeah. Because they mentioned that she's been taken to Matthew's apartment. Mm. So it's just like, okay, I know where I know where to find that. Or I can find that. Okay, no problems. Very See you cool. later. Yeah. <laughs> but it's also just something that a doppelganger, like any normal human being at this point would be like, you kidnap my partner, you know, throw him in jail kind of thing. Mm. Like, or get him away from her kind of thing. Yeah. But he's just like, nah. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's fine. Uh, Kibner talks to the group about the body at the baths. Uh, the mod- body must have been alive if the nose bled and the eyes opened. Matthew says the thing is trying to duplicate them. So Matthew... Yeah. 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 Everyone's in on it. <laughs> Everyone knows what's going on. Mm. This is back at Matthew's house now, right? I think so, yes. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth explains that once you're duplicated, you become part of the system. And I love this because now we're going to talk about political standing in the 1970s and the 1950s. Um, so is this entire movie just an allegory for the pol- political unrest of the 1950s during the original release and the pol- political unrest during the 1970s when this movie was then remade and released? Potentially, but I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert on the political stances in that era. No, but I know there was a lot of, because um, what you had the free love movement and everything. That was, you know, we're talking about the, sure, an, yeah. the anti-war movement during the 1970s, which will be around the same sort of time that this was remade and then re-released, mm-hmm. becoming part of the system against your uh, against your will, like being drafted to war. Working for the man. Yeah, working for the man, being drafted to war, being forced to fight for things you don't believe in, having your, your emotions, your personality removed to be part of the system. 
God, it's like I'm back at school. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so what did you think the author meant by this? <laughs> <laughs> and again, in the 1950s as well, there was a lot of talk about the political unrest with the Vietnam War. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I it's, I had a big brain moment and thought that both both its original and then its remake releases were both just allegories for the political unrest that America was dealing with during those times. I mean, potentially, yeah. I can see it. Woo! I did a smart. <laughs> Yay! Have a cookie. <laughs> and big brain moment, right? Yay! Uh, Kipner asks, what happened to the body in the baths? He's basically trying to sow distrust or, you know, throw shade on their thinking. He's just like, well, you know, you know, if you thought all of these things, then where's the body in the baths? Mm. Um, Jeffrey could have got rid of the duplicate Elizabeth, but what about the duplicate Jack? I was like, Kibner got rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) It was the psychologist in the bathhouse with the garbage truck. I love also the fact, like, I know it doesn't mean much, but just the fact that the psychiatrist was the one lounging on the couch at this point while they're having a conversation. Oh, yeah, he was. (laughs) I was just like, okay. (laughs) Uh, The group tries to convince Kibner. He says he's only trying to help by offering a logical solution as opposed to this sort of... Uh, I guess he would see it as... I mean, if if he wasn't a doppelganger, or if he... Yeah, no, he is a doppelganger at this point. Yes. If he wasn't a doppelganger, then he might say that it's like... What's it called? Shared delusion? Because that's a, that's oh, a yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Matthew leaves at this point. Matthew and Kibner talk on the roof. Uh, Kibner says he believes him. Hmm. Um, Matthew wants to get the health department involved, while Kibner says he can get him in touch with the mayor Yes. to try and get the word out. Um, yeah, Kibner will arrange a call between the mayor and Matthew just so they can actually talk about what's going on. Interesting. Mm. It's all talk, though. Yeah. But he's very much, you know, like, what do you want me to do, Matthew? Mm. What do you want me to do? And he's just like, I want to talk to the mayor. <laughs> Kibner leaves, gets in a car with Jeffrey and the crying woman's husband. Yes. Uh, Kibner is a duplicate, is now confirmed at this point, at least. We don't know when he got changed or if he's always been a duplicate, but at this point he is definitely a duplicate. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said, what are, they say, what are we going to do? Um, or when are we going to do it or something like that? And Kibner just says, the sooner the better. So we know that there's some sort of ploy against the group. Yeah. Um, Jack is smelling one of those strange flowers. Elizabeth re, uh, recognizes it as the same one Jeffrey had given her and the same one as the client at the baths had brought. So this is where everyone discovers that it's the funny little pod flower pod thing. Yeah. Bean, bean pod with Coffee flower. Bean flower. <laughs> Coffee bean flower. Um, Elizabeth says the plants could be dangerous. So Jack stops sniffing it. Smack it out of his hands. Because pollen. Because pollen. Nancy thinks they're from space. (laughs) But she says it in the most tinfoil hat way possible. (laughs) Nancy's big brain. (laughs) Nancy did figure it out. Nancy had a big brain moment. (laughs) Nancy had a big brain moment. But Nancy needs to to turn down the tinfoil hat a bit (laughs) to get the others on board. Um, Jack mocks her about it. I love it that it's a partner as well. He's just like, Nancy, stop being an idiot. (laughs) Um, Elizabeth says she wants to analyze the flower. 
to see what it's what it's about. Mm. Matthew makes a call from his office um, to Kibner, but Kibner is not there. He then calls the city bureau, who asks him if he's told anyone else about um, his findings, and to please stay on the line. They'll call him back to collect his information. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elizabeth tries to convince a scientist to test the flowers. Um, the scientist is reluctant, but agrees. Mm. Do you think the scientist was a doppelganger at this point? I don't think so. He's had a generally genuinely annoyed at her <laughs> <laughs> and if these doppelgangers aren't supposed to express any kind of emotions then he'd probably be human true yeah he does talk about her constantly being behind in her work yes and that's why she can't do it yes <laughs> yeah because she's just like you don't know you just have to give me permission and i'll run all the tests he's like you're so behind on your work i'll just do the tests <laughs> it's fine <laughs> Matthew receives a call back. He tells the mayor's assistant that something strange is happening and that the assist and the assistant asks to meet him at Union Square. Yes. We see the end of this meeting. Matthew tries to call the mayor, but is told Kibner has already spoken to him. So I reckon that the mayor was human. And then once Matthew was trying to get in touch with him, they fast tracked his um, doppelganger. But they would have had to put the mayor to sleep. Yes. Kibner's is a doctor. Oh, yeah, they do use sedatives, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're not afraid of drugging people. Yep. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, Matthew gets a call from another government agent who tells him not to tell anyone as it's only a theory. Then another call telling him he's just paranoid. This is, just, this is the, like the two minute long montage of phone calls. Isn't yeah. It? It's, I actually really enjoyed it. it. I thought it was very cool. All these different phone calls from all these different government agents or government um, industries or whatever like that all giving him different bits of information and telling him to be quiet. Don't or, cause a panic. Yeah, don't cause a panic. Don't tell anyone. It's just a theory. You're crazy. It's Yeah, it's interesting. We cut back to the dry cleaners where the husband who said there was something wrong with his wife says his wife is all better now. Mm. Much better. Much better with a very emotionless face. <laughs> yes. Elizabeth meets with the crying woman from the bookstore who says everything is now fine. Mm. Um... And then as she's leaving the office, the, the woman says, I'll see you soon, I hope. And then closes the door. And I was like, oh, well, that's ominous. <laughs> <laughs> this woman was actually really creepy when because she was smiling, but it's a dead smile. Mm. It's it's not in the eyes. Yeah, yeah. It's only in the mouth. Love it. So good. Um, the group is all hauled up in Matthew's apartment. Jack can't get reception on the radio. Mm-hmm. Nancy sees a repair truck outside, which might be the cause. Um, Kibner gives Elizabeth a sleeping pill. Dun-dun-dun. But, you know, it's not unreasonable in the circumstances. No. We know that Kibner's not Kibner. But, like, it... Kibner's character is the logical psychologist. He's a doctor. Yeah, he's he's the doctor. He's trying to calm down a woman who's very traumatized at the moment. He'll give her a sleeping pill so she can rest. But we know when they rest, that's when you get turned. Yeah. Um, Kibna offers Jack and Nancy a ride home, but they decide to stay at Matthew's apartment instead. Um, Kibna leaves, telling them all to get some sleep. Matthew heads outside, yeah, and locks his back gate. Okay. Yeah, Matthew Matthew heads outside, locks his back gate, puts like a padlock on it. He so- sits and looks out at the city, 
in the house, Jack and Elizabeth are sleeping and Matthew falls asleep outside. Mm-hmm. White hairs spring from the grass and attach to his hand. So this is... So do they have to attach to the people, I assume? Yeah. But then how are the pods making... Pods outside also making duplicates of Jack and Elizabeth? They just had very long fingers. That's what I assume. <laughs> like feeding in through the house or something like that. Yeah. Mm. Through the drain pipes, through the walls, I don't know. Something like Un- that. Under the, under the door or whatever like that. Yeah. Mm. It's, yeah, I, yeah, it's quite cool. Uh, it, it attaches to his hands. His eyes like roll back in his head and stuff like that while this is happening. Mm. We see a giant pod beside him. There's a cut. Where, where did the pod come from? I don't know. And why didn't he notice it if it was there before? I don't know. <laughs> it's like huge. I mean, it's people sized. It's, it's got a person inside it. Yes, it's people sized. It's it's really weird. I don't know. How did no one? How did nobody notice this? Um, there's a couple of them though. There's there's three. The one closest to him flowers. We get the sound of a heartbeat. The flower dies, and the petals sort of fall off. Mm. Um, as the pod births a humanoid figure, yes, several of the other pods do the same. Which was very disgusting. Yes, it was very gross. <laughs> um, one for each of them. I don't know what the point of the flowering is. I understand it when they're small, right? It's to get you to bring it into their house, bring it into your house or whatever like that. Mm. What's the point of these big ones flowering and then? I assume, like, I mean, there may be a reason for it, but I assume it was just to make the direct connection between the flowers and the pods. Oh, I guess so. Yeah, as a directorial choice. Yeah. Uh, we hear we hear the wheezing, sighing, snoring, grunting sounds yeah. of these creatures, which is the same noise we heard in the bathhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, as the figures start to take shape, one looks like Matthew, another looks like Elizabeth. We hear the faint sound of someone calling Matthew's name. It gets louder, and we see Nancy crying out for him to wake up. She should have run out there and fucking slapped him. Yeah. Don't just stand in the doorway. <laughs> I guess she doesn't want to get too close to the pods, because you don't really know what they can do. Potentially, yeah, but still, like, it's your friend, you know? Yeah, your friend is currently being attacked. Like, <laughs> maybe do something about that. But yeah, she's got a great scream. This this um, actress has a great scream when yeah. she's crying for Matthew to get up. Uh, he wakes up and tells Nancy to go and wake the others. Three pods, one for Jack, Matthew, and Elizabeth who had all fallen asleep. Mm-hmm. But not one for Nancy. Yes. At this point, she's been awake for a very long time. Yeah, I feel like she's just too twitchy to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> it's the aliens, they're trying to get inside my brain! Um, Nancy tries to wake Elizabeth. Matthew calls the police, but hangs up when they already know his name. Yeah. He calls the police because, you know, they're under attack. And they're just like, oh, you know, what's his name? Uh, Barnell or something like that. Yeah. Mr. Man. Barnell. Yeah. And they're just like, oh. Like, How do you know my name? Yeah, I didn't tell you my name. And then just hangs up. Uh, outside, we see cops converging on the house, barricading the street. Matthew can't get through to his friend in Washington either. Um, the group leaves out the back door as the phone rings. I reckon it's the doppelgangers trying to keep them in the house. Mm. You know, pick up the phone, make sure that they're, they're in the house. Matthew arms himself and smashes the heads of the duplicate as a mob of people tries to get at him. There's like 
they're breaking through the house now. They're trying to get over the garden fences and stuff like that. And the entire group has to leg it out the back gate. Mm. And Matthew takes a takes a second, and I think it's a hoe he uses. Yeah, a hoe or a spade, a garden hoe or a, yeah, garden spade or something like that. And he goes to like smash in the duplicate Elizabeth, but can't make can't make himself do it. Yeah, so smashes in his own duplicate's head. Yeah, before running. Which and it was I don't know if it was like just me noticing something that wasn't there, but the the head seemed when he smashed it, in, it seemed very hollow. Which oh. I, I get, like you know, it isn't fully formed yet. Yeah, know? interesting. That yeah, you could read some stuff into that mm-hmm. on at least how these creatures. Because there was no like skull or anything like that. It was you smashed the head and it was just like a cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I like that. Mm. Yeah, maybe if it had had more time, maybe that's the last thing that gets put in potentially when when they finish absorbing all the consciousness and everything of what they attach to, that's when the brain gets filled in. Mm. Interesting. The group manages to escape when they're spotted um, countless times by the creatures that point and screech. I love it. Yes. I absolutely fucking love it. They just, they raise a single finger and go, and it's so cool. Oh, Oh, did you like it? I loved it, yeah. It was good. The, the pointing and the screeching. It's so good. Um, the group escapes by hiding under the stairs and letting the mob pass by them. Yes, yep. Great. They head to the pier, um, but they get spotted by, I think, a police police bike. Sees them. And um, that's when the mob starts closing in. Mm. Um, they're trapped by a fence. A police helicopter circles above them as well. So they're literally being hunted like fugitives at this point. Mm. Uh, Jack runs to distract the mob. He's like, you know, you guys, I'll meet up with you later. I'll I'll draw them away. And he runs off, getting the attention of the police helicopter and the mob. Yep. Um, <laughs> and Nancy runs after them. <laughs> Nan- Nancy follows after him. God bless Nancy. <laughs> Matthew and Elizabeth manage to hide as the mob passes by. They're like, hide behind some cinder blocks or something like that. And the entire mob just passes by. Yeah. Very cool. And I had a little I had a little sad moment because I love these movies where, you know, a team bands together against the world. And I was like <laughs> Bye Jack. Bye Nancy. <laughs> it was a noble sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I, I had I didn't think either of them were gonna make it. No, I didn't think so at this point either. I was like, no. Yep, they're gone. Yep. Sorry, sorry. Matthew and Elizabeth walk town but are quickly spotted. A group begins to follow them and then they start speed walking and the group starts speed walking and then they start running and the group starts running uh, and the chase begins again. The pair head to the red light district. They get in a cab and ask to go to the airport. Yes. I was immediately like, no, <laughs> that cabbie ain't a cabbie. <laughs> Trust no one. Um, the cabbie makes a radio calling, uh, radio call, calling them Type H. Yes, I've got type H. I repeat, Type H. Yeah, I've got two Type H. I'm just heading to the airport, and I was like, "Yeah, get out, <laughs> get out of the cab." <laughs> this was uh, the other thing that I was going to mention. Oh, is he? Yeah, the oh. cab driver apparently is the director of the original 1950s film. He's the director of the 1950s. Apparently, yeah, that's awesome. Mm. That's so good. I love it. Type H, I assume, means human. Yeah. 
I yeah, my note here just says I would have jumped from that car by this point. <laughs> <laughs> Hell no. We see several cop bikes speed ahead of the cab. They reach a road stop. I assume duplicates, making sure no humans manage to get to the airport. Yeah. But also, I assume they've taken over the airport as well. I would assume so. I think it was basically yeah, just like a cop stop to basically, yeah, find humans. They're taking people out of the cabs forcibly. Um, or, sorry, out of the cars in general. They approach the cab. The cabbie says both of um, sort of, you know, uh, what's gestures behind him with his head. And it's just like, yeah, both of them. Yeah. And then we, we pan around, but Matthew and Elizabeth have legged it from the cab. Yeah, car door's open. They're car gone. door's open. They're gone. Um, they see Harry, the banjo player, asleep next to a pod. <laughs> yes. And they just leave it there. <laughs> I'm like, wake him up. Wake, it, it's going to be... Ch- it, and, it, yeah. oh? and his dog's sleeping there as well. Yeah, his dog's next to him as well. Aww. <laughs> they, they head to the health department a security guard is walking the halls the pair hides Matthew takes some darts from a dart ward as a weapon I like that they're just arming themselves mm. yay <laughs> the guard leaves Matthew and Elizabeth kiss under the desk we have their romance finally yes because Jeffrey ain't coming back nope and you know it's the end of Life as they know it. <laughs> yeah. Might as well just hop on it. Yeah. Just... Because <laughs> why not? They run tests on the flower, but they say it takes time. Um, they wake at two? They actually fell asleep here, but I guess because there were no pods nearby. Yeah. They they weren't transformed or they weren't duplicated. Outside, this is two in the morning. Outside, people are mobilizing. Each person carrying a prod... A, a pod... Uh, carrying a pod, mm. I guess, to spread. They're going to start heading to yes. other towns. They, yeah, they, they start talking about, like, everybody from, like, the west side of town to go on, to get onto the bus to, you know, Atlanta or something like mm. that. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah, very much spreading out across the United States. Across the US. It really is invasion of the body snatchers. Elizabeth is so tired, but if she goes to sleep, she'll be duplicated. Um, they both take speed to stay awake. <laughs> They're just like, just like, oh, yeah, this is something one of my co-workers uses to stay awake. What is it? <laughs> this is like speed. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> how many does it say to, how many is recommended? Uh, it says one, take five. Take five. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, whoa, <laughs> okay. A phone rings. The lights come on to reveal Jack. Then Kibna and a group of others enter as well. Mm. No, no, Jeff Goblin. <laughs> he a duplicate now. He a doppelganger. Um, he says it would have been a lot easier if we'd all just gone to sleep last night. Is what um is what Jack says. Very creepy. Mm. It's very sinister. I really liked it. It was great. They seize him. Kibna injects them both. With sedative, I assume? Yeah. Some sort of sleeping... Something to put you to sleep, Uh, essentially. Anesthesia, basically. Yeah. They explain that everything they are will be absorbed. They'll be reborn without flaws. Matthew is injected. All but Kibner and Jack leave. He tells them there'll be no need for hate or love. He says they're evolving into new life forms. Which is, again, what you said about... um, 
right back at the beginning of the movie when uh, Elizabeth was talking about the flower hybrid of two different flowers making a third species. Mm. This is what we have. We have alien plus human, and now we've got doppelgangers. Yes. The perfect human, or they assume is the perfect human. You know, no emotions, no feelings, just gets on with it. Mm. But we're never told why they want to create these. It was they needed to. Mm. They, they, they come from a dying planet, is what Kevin is about to explain. So this was like right. their, this was their survival. Mm-hmm. They had to find a, uh, a planet that had life and to assimilate it. And that's how they would keep living. Um, Kibner takes, uh, talks to them and explains that, yeah, they, they came from a dying planet. They adapt, they survive, and he shows them two pods, which will eventually be them. Matthew pushes Kipner and grabs Jack while Elizabeth smashes a bottle on Kipner. <laughs> Matthew uh, Matthew stabs Jack with a dart, killing him. And they chuck Kipner in the freezer <laughs> and lock it. Yep. Why did you kill him? Just, I, I, I'm one of those proactive people, just kill him. Matthew and Elizabeth run down the stairs where they meet Nancy while Kipner screeches from the freezer, alerting the others. Yeah. Uh, did you think Nancy was a doppelganger at this point? I did. I did, yeah. Yeah. When they ran into her on the stairs, I was like, oh, shit. Even when she tried to explain that she wasn't, I was like, nah. You're like, nah. Nah, nah, nah you're a double. Nah. <laughs> Nancy says she lost Jack while they were running. <laughs> but don't trust in, in brackets. <laughs> Elizabeth hugs her. Nancy says uh, she's been walking around them. You just have to show no emotion and they don't realize. Um, they can sleep in shifts, she suggests. And she asks where Jack is. And it's like... Uh, uh, um, yeah, about that. And the three of them walk outside and down the street. They join the line of people getting pods. Yes. And I love that the garbage men are the ones handing out the pods. <laughs> I was like, hey, they're back. Stars <laughs> of the film. Yeah. And this is your favorite part of the movie. Oh, God, yes. Harry's dog, the banjo player, Harry's dog runs over with a human face... <laughs> With Harry's face attached to it. Yeah. It was weird. It was very weird. And I'm sure for the 1970s, it probably freaked a lot of people out. I was more just disturbed by the thought of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess it, it, the, the white hair things attached to both of them and couldn't distinguish the human from the dog. So just yeah. sort of put them together. So now you've got cat dog, except it's dog human. Yeah. Banjo, the Harry dog. Yeah, a hog. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this human faced dog startles Elizabeth, and she screams. An old lady sees this and begin and begins to screech to alert the others. But Matthew punches her in the face. <laughs> I love this so much. I just want that as like a gif. <laughs> this old lady going ah. And then Donald Sutherland socking her in the face. It was so funny. <laughs> I loved it. Um, the dog and now the entire town chase after them while Nancy continues to pretend to have no emotions. Yeah. She just sort of, um, she's in the line and she just sort of stays there. And this is where I was like, is she doppelganger? No doppelganger. But then if she is doppelganger, why didn't she alert the others? But if not, then Okay. Mm. Not gonna. Mm. I guess she's on self self preservation mode. Basically, yeah. 
survival. Yeah, she's just trying to survive. And good on her. Matthew and Elizabeth jump into the back of a passing truck. They seemingly make it out of town. The truck is about to be loaded with more pods. We now see a giant warehouse. And there's just all these trucks that were leaving town are now being loaded with pods, which will eventually be dropped off somewhere else. Yes. Awesome. They do manage to sneak out of the truck, though, before it's loaded. They see the warehouse where the pods are being grown. So now they don't have to do it in people's gardens. <laughs> they they just have full warehouses full of them. Um, Manufacturing. Yeah. They've reached the industrial age. Hooray! Now we can copy every human being on the planet. Elizabeth twists her ankle on a ladder. They hide in a bush and confess their love to each other. Because it's the end of the world and why not? Yeah. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. We're all going to die. <laughs> she says she can't walk. They hear bagpipes playing Amazing Grace. I wasn't yeah. sure if if they were like, is this just soundtrack or did Matthew actually hear bagpipes playing Amazing Grace? Yeah. And, but why Why the choice in song and why the choice in instrument? I don't know. <laughs> they figure out they can get out on a ship. Matthew goes to investigate the cruise ship that sort of sat in the harbour. Yeah, which I assume is where the music was coming from. I assume so. He comes across a large ship and looks in to see pallets of pods being loaded in. He returns to the bush where Elizabeth has fallen asleep. So there's basically no ho- no hope of getting out. Yeah. Basically, he, yeah. The, the world was doomed at this point. Yes. Not only is it the United States, but they're sending a boat. Yeah, it's going international. Yeah. Yeah. He can't seem to wake her. The the crust has returned to her face. She's got that weird sort of webbing, but mm-hmm. her skin looks sort of discoloured as well. He hugs her and tells her that the ship is here to save them, despite the fact that it's definitely not true. Mm-hmm. Elizabeth's body crumbles to the floor, almost imploding in on itself, is what I put. Yeah, basically, yeah. Crumbled in on itself. Yeah. And he, turned to dust. Yes. He, he hugs her and she just sort of collapses in. It's very cool. The effect for this is very well done. Yeah. Because, like, you get to see her face sort of cave in a bit as she's falling off. And it looks great. Yeah. Um, Which brings us back to... How they were disposing of the bodies. Yeah. yeah. They, were, they were just turning to dust. They were turning into dust, maybe a pile of clothes, maybe a couple of pieces of bone left. And we don't know if it's full dust or... Mm. But it also explains the dust where Jeffrey was... Sweeping up in the morning. Yes, it does. And how we can dispose of bodies that are only the size of, like... A trash a, can. A, yeah. yeah, a desk-side trash can. Yeah. Awesome. Everything is explained. Mm. Um, Matthew cries, and Elizabeth calls for him from behind. Uh, we now see her duplicate has been birthed nearby. It stands up, butt naked. She tells him to come and sleep. And he runs. As you would. <laughs> yeah, as you would. It's very sad, though, uh, to see Elizabeth just die like that. Mm. It was so... It wasn't like a massive send-off or anything like that. It was just like she just couldn't stay awake anymore. Yeah. And she died. And it's just sort of a, a shrug of a death, but it completely... It, it fits in with how this movie runs, as far as I feel anyway. Yeah. With how this movie works. Well, it, was, it wasn't supposed to be a heroic death or anything like that. It was a slow death by attrition. Yeah. It's just she couldn't stay awake. She fell asleep. She's gone now. Mm. Bye. So our only surviving member is basically Matthew now. Yeah. Um, he's cl- for, well, we don't know about Nancy. At we don't point. know about Nancy, yeah. He climbs the ladder to the warehouse. 
and looks down at the cultivation, thousands of pods being grown. He makes his way across the walkways. He keeps climbing. He grabs an axe as an alarm sounds. And using the axe, he cuts the lights across the warehouse to start fires across all these pods. Yes, because they fall down and they electrical electrical cables being cut and basically yeah it falls down on like um like the the netting yeah because they've got netting over these i love the way he was uh he was cutting the uh cables or the rope though because these are like two inch thick ropes and the way he was just cutting the axe was like tap (laughs) yeah it was literally just a tap that's one sharp axe um Elizabeth walks the warehouse. This is her doppelganger, everyone. Um, spots Matthew and screeches. We get the finger point and the screech. Everything's on fire at this point. Uh, yeah, the entire warehouse is on fire at this point. Go, Matthew. We, we're, we're like, yeah, yeah, maybe we can stop this invasion. Yeah. He runs. It was, a, it was a very cool shot, but it was very much, yeah, like Elizabeth butt naked in a warehouse, flames behind her, pointing and screaming. <laughs> it, yeah, it was awesome. It was very carry vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Yep, uh, so he runs as a group follows behind him. He escapes out of a window as the warehouse explodes. He runs off as the mob searches for him. He hides under the pier as people continue to search. Mm. I love that. And we, we get one of the doppelgangers saying, well, he can't stay awake forever. Yeah. Which is, it's terrifying. It's it's basically, um, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street before Nightmare on Elm Street. Mm. You know, you can't go to sleep. Basically, yeah. Great. Um, we cut to Matthew looking at trucks being unloaded of pods. Children are being ushered in to take a nap. At the theatre. At the theatre, yeah. Because it's a dark place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go take a nap, kids. And he's like, oh, wow, that's dark. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he returns to the health department where scientists stand around blankly, Elizabeth included. He sees Elizabeth sitting there on a chair just swinging. Yeah. We see him clipping newspaper cuttings blankly. Did you see what was on the newspaper copies? No, I didn't actually. I didn't either. I was just because I noticed you you found saw it in the first time. I did. Yeah, I should have. I should have had a look what the newspaper was because would would doppelgangers print a newspaper? I don't know. There's that, no there's no point. It'd be interesting to find out. Yeah. Oh, maybe there's another thing I need to check when I when I watch this movie again. Um, yeah, my note here was: Is he pretending or is he turned? Because he did yeah. learn from Nancy that as long as he's emotionless. You're fine, yeah. They, they don't notice. Yeah, at this point, I didn't think he was a doppelganger. I didn't either. I thought he was, yeah. He's just, he's... He's hiding amongst them. Yeah, he's pretending. Because he still looks, like, longingly at Elizabeth. He does, kind of, yeah. Yeah. But I don't know if he actually is. I think he might have turned. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. at this point, he is at a this, doppelganger. Yeah, I'm pretty sure he is. Like, like 90%. Yeah, watching watching the film, I didn't think it was. But then after the film finished, I was like, yeah, he's a doppelganger at that point. Yeah. It, it's, it's funny because we, we put the emotion into that look where he's looking at Elizabeth. We go, oh, he's trying not to show his emotions, but he really cares for her. Yeah. When really, he's just, he's just looking blankly at her. Yeah. Um, Matthew is... Yeah, um, and basically everyone starts walking outside and he joins the other patrons as they march outside. I don't know what this is, but he's basically just sort of joining in. Mm. Matthew walks by Washington, I think it is. Um, it looks like the Washington building in the background. Um, as somebody calls his name. Is it Washington? Because why would Nancy be there? Mm. I, I, I assume it was basically just like the town hall or something. It like could that. be. 
Yeah. It could be. It had just had that dome top yeah. that I always associate with Washington. Um, he turns to see Nancy. Mm. She smiles at him. And when he sees this, he points and starts screeching at her. Yes. With the eyes on that shot. The eyes and the mouth. I don't know how he... It, it looks too long. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And this is the... the I didn't realize... The meme. <laughs> this is the meme and, like, the one screenshot of this movie I'd seen was actually, like, one of the last shots of the entire movie. And I'm yeah. like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Nancy shakes her head and cries out in dismay. Final shot is of Matthew's face as he screeches. And that's how our movie ends. The credits roll in silence, which I thought was a really interesting choice as well emotionless yeah emotionless mm. deadpan just leaves you with your thoughts great mm. awesome so that brings us to the end of invasion of the body snatchers 1978 so ryan give me your rundown for this movie what did you think of the plot the script the characters just give me a general indication of your thoughts see when i was when i was watching it i it like, it, it very much kept my interest, and, you know, I wouldn't say, it, you know, I was sitting on the edge of my seat, because it's more of a slow burn. Mm. But when I was watching it, I would have rated it, you know, like, maybe a 6 out of 10. Yeah. It's, it's one of those films that, once you view it back, and you start piecing it together, like we've been doing here kind of thing. Just talking about it. Yeah. Mm. And just seeing what other people's thoughts are and, and putting all the plot pieces together that, like, you realize that it's actually, there's a lot more to it kind of thing. There's a it's lot a, There's a lot going on in this movie. There's a lot of subtle things that you don't pick up at first. Mm. Um, so it's, I can see why it's viewed as one of the most, like, iconic and like why it's rated so highly yeah and people still talk about it in like horror circles and stuff like that as a great horror movie yeah but i don't think you can appreciate it properly until maybe the second time viewing of it mm. or or when you sit down and talk to somebody about it like yeah find someone else who's watched or watch it with friends or something like that and you know talk about it mm. it just makes it infinitely more interesting yeah but so, so what would your rating for this, your personal enjoyment, one being awful, 10 being, ama- 10 being amazing, what would your personal rating for this movie be? Right, yeah. As I said, it would have, like, first time watching it without discussing it, it would have given it a 6 out of 10. Oh, yeah. That's not bad. But after discussing it and thinking about all the plot points and that, I, I could easily give it an 8. Yeah, I gave it an 8. Mm. I, th- I was like, this movie was fun it was energetic it was it had the slow burn where it needed it but it was never boring Mm. i was always trying to piece things together trying to figure things out and like i said just talking about it is it's interesting and it's great to talk about like the metaphor behind it or like who was who and when and why and how and Mm. how does alien do this and how do alien do how do alien do um, so we like to give credit where credit's due so is there a particular actor or character you'd like to give props to in this uh, in this movie it would have to be donald sutherland oh same as, as matthew a oh, 100% same yeah i mean all of the cast was fantastic mm. there's not a bad actor in this movie it's great but donald sutherland just fucking owns this movie yeah he's his panic is real his entire character is just great you you see so many different sides of him as well like when he first came on to the film as the health inspector in the french restaurant i thought like 
this guy's a dick. Like, he's so stoic. Yeah, like, I was like, I'm gonna hate this guy. And then you see him go from that to being the loving friend, to, yeah. to being the shoulder that you need to cry on, to the proactive hero and yeah. the, the love interest and then the monster. Yeah. And oh my god, the image of his bulging eyes and mouth too long scream. Yeah, it will be forever printed in my brain. <laughs> yeah, it's just phenomenal. Like, I can see why that's a meme and why that's, like, just so iconic. This slow raising of his hand and then the screech as he as he spots Nancy. So good. Mm. I had such a good time. Um, well, yeah, that was our first time watching Invasion of the Body Snatchers. I hope you enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you again next week. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Thanks again to our guests, and thank you for listening. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. It really does help people find the podcast. And remember, you can get in on the discussion by sending us an email, cherrypophorror at gmail.com. Okay, I'll let you go. Good night. Sleep tight. Don't let the monsters bite. <laughs>